0: We're going to talk this morning about Solomon, the temple builder. I've, uh, I, I like construction. I like to build things. Um, I just kind of wired that way, and I know many of you like to do that. You like, you're creative, whether it's from making a, uh, I don't know, a sweater or uh, working on a car or something, or building something. I remember one time <clears throat> I built this uh, doghouse and uh, Joe was in our, and I happened to have a space in the church I was working at, so we had this dog, and uh, it was going to be outside dog, and so I built this doghouse, and, you know, I was, you know, I built that doghouse to be representative of my craftsman, and I took a lot of pain and care of building that doghouse, and at the end of building the doghouse and painting the doghouse, I was ready to move it out of the room, because I was and, and then as I moved it out of the room, I realized I hadn't thought about the size of the door and the doghouse. Yeah, I built the doghouse where it wouldn't fit out the door. And so I had to cut the doghouse down so then I could get it out the door. Life's like that, kind of like, isn't it? No, <laughs> uh, my life is like that. Not your life. You're perfect. <laughs> we're we're in this constructing, building things, and sometimes you know it seems like as we're being built, that sometimes it just doesn't fit in life. We're in this process. And so what we're going to talk about and get your mind thinking about constructing and God constructing us and so forth. So we're going to look at Solomon, the temple builder. Now, let's talk just a few moments about the temple. The temple was, was a, a first-time event uh, item that God gave uh, Solomon instructions to build. It was um, outrageous in what, is, what God asked him to do. And Solomon also had the means to do what God asked him to do. That's always amazing how when God asks us to do something, he always gives us the means to do what he wants. So as constructing, building, so forth, he has a purpose, and he will give us the tools to complete his purpose. And so as, as you think about this temple, it's getting ready to come on the scene. You remember we talked about David. And by the way, in our reading, if you're going through the, the, the reading as a church in that reading schedule, this fits today. And it was not planned. It, was, it just happened that today is the same reading that we're gonna be looking at, uh, Solomon the temple builder. Temple itself, cost in conservative estimate, if you had to build the temple today, the way that Solomon built it, like God asked him to do, conservative speaking, it would be at somewhere like 3 to $6 billion to build. Uh, estimates go up to 100 to $200 billion. I mean, the gold that was, they had gold floors, they had gold walls, they had gold ceilings, they had gold artifacts and so forth, and they had the silver and so forth, and so all this was there in this elaborate building. And it wasn't a huge building, it was 90 feet long and 45 feet high, about three stories high. The holy place, or the holy, holy place, was about a, a, a 30 by 30. And so it was built, and it took seven years to build. Seven years. Of building this construction. Now, David had got the material all ready and lined up, and even the workers. And it took, uh, in those seven years, 100, about 180,000 workers <laughs> completed the construction of the temple. The dedication, when Solomon, at the end of the conclusion of the seven years he dedicated, he he gave 220,000 oxen were dedicated uh, to God for the the dedication of the temple. 120,000 sheep were dedicated to uh, worship God and dedicating this building. The temple construction was over the top. And you might say, well, you know, maybe that could have been put to better use and so forth. And, and yes, there was probably some needs there in this. But understand this that God has, is doing this, and there is a greater need for Him to do this. Uh, the urgency up, uh, surpassed all the other needs that could have be been done with this gold and this silver and so forth. And you may say, well, what is so big about, why would God allow and tell Psalm to do this? Located in Dubai today is the tallest building in the world. Uh, you know, on their website... It says this, it's more than just the world's tallest building, it is an unprecedented example of international cooperation, symbolic beacon of progress, an emblem of the new dynamic and prosperous Middle East. It's a tangible proof of Dubai's growing role as a changed world. In fewer than 30 years, this city has transformed itself from a regional center to a global one. The success was not based on oil reserve, but on reserves of human talent, ingenuity and initiative. This building embodies that vision, the tallest building in the world. And so you see what God was doing here with this temple. He was definitely making a statement that would make this splash in the world. He was doing something significant that he wanted the whole world to stop and talk about and and discuss. Did you hear what was being built over there by Solomon and the Israelites? God was making a statement. He was making a statement that something was profound, that it would help human life, that make, a, make a life be better, marriages better, families better. It, it had internal implications whether, uh, uh, whether a person was spending uh, the eternity in heaven or hell. And all this was wrapped up in this construction of the temple. Now, watch this. Why don't you get this. We're going to bring it down to today. Okay, well, that was back there. What about today? All right, so watch this. The temple becomes the place where the presence of God is. So God says this is going to be it, and we'll look at this in a few verses in just a moment. It was the temple was the place where God was connecting with man. There was the the physical and the spiritual coming together in the temple, and and especially the Holy of Holies, where where God was going to dwell there and so forth. And so this was was God revealing his presence to the world like never before. This was good. Later on, and God uh, prophesied that the temple would be destroyed, and it was destroyed, by disobedience, and they went in, and to, uh, the temple was destroyed, and so forth. And there was four hundred silent years. But then Jesus comes along, and again he wants his presence to be known, and he comes in the form of a flesh, Jesus Christ, God himself. And as John talks about in chapter two, that he was the temple of God; it was the pure temple. And so again, the temple was among us for about 33 years, then Jesus dies on the cross and uh, goes to the grave and he's resurrected from the grave, and we call that the gospel. How God is is redeeming mankind through what Jesus did on the cross. And and so we see that, and that his presence was there, the temple of God was there through Jesus Christ. And Jesus foretold, he said, when I go, I'm going to leave you another presence, a presence of himself. God, a Holy Spirit. So listen to this verse. Here's where we bring it home. First Corinthians, Paul says this. I going to read you one verse It says this. It says in chapter 6, it says, Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? Well, God, what is God saying here is that, that if you're a believer, if you're a follower of Jesus, this phrase, if you're a believer of Jesus, you are the temple of God. The Holy Spirit dwells within us. Once again, the presence of God is revealed to mankind through me. We are the connecting point to the world from God. And God wants to do that in us and through us. All right, so let's think about that. We've got that. Let's put that right over here, and we'll come back to that in a moment. So let's go back to 1 Kings chapter 5 and verse 1. And it says in 1 Kings 5, 1, Now Hiram, the king of Tyre, sent his servants to Solomon, because he heard that he had anointed him king in the place of his father. For Hiram had always loved David. Of course, David was Solomon's father. Solomon sent to Hiram, saying, You know, my father David could not build a house for the name of the Lord his God because the, the wars which were fought against him on every side until the Lord put his foes under the soles of his feet. But now the Lord my God has given me rest on every side. There is neither adversity nor evil occurrence. And behold, I propose to build a house for the name of the Lord my God as the Lord had spoke to my father David saying, your son in whom I was sit on your throne in your place He shall build the house for my name. So the first thing we find out, the temple bears God's name. Names are powerful. When we mention a name, if we were to mention, you know, Tiger Woods. (laughs) Some of you know, who is Tiger Woods? He's a somewhat pretty good golfer. (laughs) If we we name, you know, some other name. Cindy and I were talking about... uh, what is that guy? Oh, I'm sorry. I forgot the name. But anyway, we're talking about a guy yesterday and, and, or Friday. And uh, uh, we were talking about this famous one we mentally with our kids. And so mentally, it started this conversation. So, names are power. And King Solomon knew the power of names, he wanted a place where the name of God would be displayed. When people would, would walk by, when people would notice, there was a place on earth that had the proclamation of the name of God. And so Solomon built this structure to honor God, to esteem the name of God. There are, th- there are two things that we should note. in Solomon's message to, I about why he was building the temple, first of all, that God gave Solomon rest on every side. And and it wasn't that Solomon did this. It wasn't necessarily that David, God, the grace of God, worked that gave rest and peace and victory. So the land, the, the nation of Israel was at peace, and so they could build the temple. It's the grace of God working in their life. The second reason we see that Solomon built the temple was because God promised The King David, that he would. He said, one day, uh, we're going to have you build this this temple. And and God's promise always comes through. He is truly the promise keeper. And and that is so good to know that God keeps his promises, that when he says something, he is going to fulfill it. It's wonderful to know that, that. He is the promise keeper. So the temple was built because of promise that God made to David and and, and was built through his son Solomon. And so we think about this, the the name of of the Lord was given there and the whole world at that time recognized that that was the place that God's name was elevated. As believers in Jesus Christ, we are, Are the temple of God. We ourselves, why should we let God build our lives to host the name of God like God had Solomon build? Why should we build our children to host the name of God? Why should we build our marriages to host the name of God? Why should we build a local church or a lighthouse in a community to host the name of God? Why should we build missions ministry to go out and display the name of God? Two things like in the Solomon is number one, to display the works of God. The world needs to see the works of God. We have the word of God, but they need to see the work of God in action. And through our good works, the Bible says that as we follow the Lord, they will see, as we follow uh, Jesus, they will see our good works. So we do those things, they will take notice of those things. And so it is a means for us to display the good works that God is working in us and through us, whether you're at work, whether you're at school, whether you're in your neighborhood and so forth. They need to see our good works. Our good works represent God, God's work in us and through us. You know, when people ask you to see, oh, how, how are you doing? You know, you're going through a rough time, and, and you can say, well, you know, it's the Lord in my life that's doing this. It's Jesus that's doing this, that's helping me through this. What are we doing? We're bringing the elevation of the name of God to people that need to know people in our life. And so the works of God is manifested in our life as we are the temple of God. Number two, to show, case, to showcase the promises of God, a promise that he, is, uh, uh, that he is a promise keeper, that he can be trusted, that, we, that he gives us hope. That, that when we don't understand things and so forth, but we know and we can say that God's going to take care of me, I don't understand these things are going to work, but I know that God is a promise keeper and that he gives us hope even in the, the things that we don't understand. That's who he is. So let's go on to number two as we think about the temple that Solomon built. The temple posts, the presence of God. If you go to 1 Kings chapter 8, and so let's look at a few verses of 1 Kings chapter 8 and verse 10. 1 Kings chapter 8 and verse 10, it says this. It says, "'It came to pass when the priest came out "'of the holy place that the cloud "'filled the house of the Lord.'" Now, it has been built. So the temple has been built. And so verse 11, "'The priest could not continue ministering "'because of the cloud, "'for the glory of the Lord "'filled the house of the Lord.'" And Solomon spoke. "'The Lord said he would dwell in the dark cloud,' and I have surely built you an exalted house and a place for you to dwell in forever. Then the king turned around and blessed the whole assembly of Israel while the assembly of Israel was standing still. Here we find that the temple was a place of God's presence. Not only a place of God's name, but it was built to be also the place of God's presence. According to verse 12, God normally dwelt in the thick darkness There's obscure, up until this time, God was distanced from man. But now God has brought himself to the forefront to be planted there in the world. And so God has came down at this time in the temple and, and dwelt there and the Shekinah glory was there in the Holy of Holies. So much that the priest couldn't even go in there. The evidence of God, the presence of God was there. And on that day, Israel received the blessings of God, the blessing of God himself. Now listen, my friend. This is the greatest blessing that God can give to us people is of himself. We see throughout all the scriptures how that God has revealed himself, has an intention to be with his people. When God walked with Adam and Eve in the garden, that was as he created, he wanted that to be, uh, that would have been great forever, but it didn't happen. Sin separated us from God. But God has been been on plan and on purpose to bring us to that place again where we walk with him in a physical way. God gave Moses... Details of the tabernacle and the ark, and he gave it to to Solomon as as well as a place that that God would come and visit his people over and over again. And and then when there was turning away from those, he came down with Jesus, Emmanuel, which is translated, God is with us. It is in the heart of God to dwell with us as believers, as his children. Today we have the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit. As believers, it is the heart of God. And at the end of history, when all things are set right, and we read the promises from Revelation, we know that God is a promise keeper, and he will will fulfill what is written in Revelation. It says in, in the latter part of Revelation, God's dwelling is with humanity, and he shall live with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them, and he will be their God. The great hope of the Christian life is not getting things from God. It's getting God. This is God who wants to be known, who wants us to sense his presence. This is God who says, I want to be with you. I want to dwell with you. I want my presence to be known among you. So the very presence of God is the greatest blessing we could have. You know, the temple was beautiful. All that gold and that silver, it would have been wonderful to have seen it. But you know what made the temple the most beautiful thing? Is that that was where the presence of God is. Isn't it true, ladies? When you know, when you're talking about that scripture in, late, in, in the in the New Testament, when it talks about you know the adorning of the outward appearance, you know, the cufflinks or the the things. Those are all good and so forth. And 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 I'm not saying that those things are bad. I'm glad that you. But that's not where your real beauty comes from. What is your real beauty? It's that when God dwells in us and his works are manifested through us, is that what makes us beautiful, wonderful? It's the presence of God is the greatest blessing. Fanny J. Crosby, who was blind from birth, wrote this song, I Want to See My Savior First of All. That Of all the things in heaven, of all the things that she could to imagine to see, the angels, the streets of gold, uh, you know, the great curly gates and, and uh, all the things of the stones and all the beauty that could be there. She said, the one thing that I am looking forward to see is my Savior first of all, because that is the greatest thing in heaven. So let me say it in another way to mothers and fathers and grandparents. Leading our families, our children, our grandchildren, to host the presence of God, is the greatest thing that you and I could ever do for our children and our grandchildren. It's not education. Education has its place, but that's not the greatest thing. That's not the greatest thing that we could do for our children or our families. Not not a successful career, a popularity, or some skill set, or some musical ability. Of all these things, that's not the greatest thing. We, we could give them the greatest blessing for anyone is to have Jesus in their heart, the presence of God. It tops everything else. It can also be the greatest tragedy to not have Jesus, to miss heaven, and end up into an eternal place of torment. So the greatest blessing, the greatest thing that we could have is the presence of God. Let me close with the third point. The temple is for God's mission. This is for God's mission. I want you to look here at the latter part of chapter 8 in verse 54. It says in chapter 8, it says, And so is when Solomon had finished praying all this prayer and supplication to the Lord, that he rose from before the altar of the Lord, from kneeling on his knee and knees with his hands spread up to heaven. Then he stood and blessed all the assembly of Israel with a loud voice saying, Blessed be the Lord who has given rest to his people Israel according to all the promise. There's not failed one word of all his good promise which he promised through his servant Moses. May the Lord our God be with us as he is with our fathers. May he not leave us nor forsake us that he may incline our hearts to himself to walk in all his ways, to keep his commandments and his statutes and his judgments as he commanded our fathers. And may these words of mine which, with which I have made supplication before the Lord be near the Lord our God day and night that he may maintain the cause of his servant and the cause of his people Israel each day may require that all the peoples, of the earth may know that the Lord is God and there is no other. Let your heart therefore be loyal to the Lord our God. Walk in his statutes. Keep his commandments as this day. Here's what God is saying here. The temple is for God's mission. You know what God built the temple? Oh, oh, because he needed a place to dwell. And He was out of room in heaven and God just so big no, it wasn't that he had to move to, because he was out of room of heaven. It wasn't that he was showing off how, what he could do. It wasn't that he was just you know trying to bless just Solomon and Israel. No, missed the point. In Solomon's prayer, the purpose of this was that he wanted all the world to know that there is a God in heaven that wants to reach down and save mankind, to help mankind. He wanted to show his love and his grace and his mercy, his forgiveness towards mankind. And so he built this great building to get that as a platform. Interesting to think because God isn't into just, you know, wealthy, richy things. Because the temple of, of Solomon, Solomon's temple, was at the height, the top of, of you know, perhaps billions of dollars worth. And then here comes Jesus, the temple of God as well. And he comes, and how is he born? In some great palace? No, some lowly stable. It's a humble beginning and life of Jesus Christ as well as the apostles and even uh, today as well. That we don't have to have the gold and glitter and so forth. That's not what godliness is in. It's in the person of Jesus Christ. It's not the place. It's the person of Jesus Christ. As Christians, we are saved. We are saved and equipped and constructed for a purpose for a purpose, for a mission. It's our purpose. Why God's building us, moving us. It's not just for us right here to enjoy, to be better, but he wants to send us out. He wants to send us out. That was the purpose of the mission that Solomon built, God instructed, and that is our purpose today. So for those that like to take notes and you're using that note, at the bottom of the note there there is a blank spot and it says the temple of God. And so here's what I want you to do. For those that are taking notes, either write this down or think it in your head and think about this. What I want you to do is that I want you to write your name there. As a believer, write your name there that I am the temple of God. And you put your name there, Gary Jane, the temple of God. And when you think of that, that it means that I am going to be one who has displayed the name of God, the works of God, the purpose of God, my mission. God is equipped in me and constructed me, not just because he wants to make me better in life and, and, and successful. He has a plan. He has a purpose for me from here to go out there to give uh, others the same hope and the blessings of a relationship with God as we dwell as well. Would you bow your heads in prayer? We bow our heads in prayer this morning. I want us to open our heart to what God wants to do in our lives. He's constructing, he's building. Heavenly Father, our God, our Creator, our Savior, the one who loves us so much, that you have penetrated every barrier to be with us. We find it difficult to understand how our creator can dwell in his creation. That you, God, the Holy Spirit dwells within us. Help us to believe and realize the significance of what this means to us and also to others. That you have this purpose that you are building to reveal your name and who you are. God, we surrender to your construction to use us as you see fit. We say, not our will, but your will be done. Your purpose be accomplished in our life. And we say this in the precious name of Jesus Christ.